0: that's good. Congratulations, you've all made it to the next round of Church Survivor. Uh, So I just want to say thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, We have well over a dozen people who have fallen sick over the last 24 hours, and so I do want to say thank you to so many of our teams uh, for filling in the gaps and making things happen today, because uh, boy, we've got people doing all sorts of things they don't normally do. Jeff is in the sound booth by doing, we're gonna fall in sick. We'll have announcements in just, one of ours in Japan has sent us an update, and I thought you might like to hear how Nick is doing. Uh, so he sent us a letter, we don't have a video from him. Um, he still looks that good from what I hear, uh, but we do have a letter, and the letter came a few weeks ago, but because of special services we had, we weren't able to share it. So we did want to share it today, so it's a little bit of past tense, but some great updates. And I'm going to have Robbie go ahead and read that letter, and then we've got some pictures to go along with it today.
1: All right, greetings from Japan. I've already been in Japan for over two weeks, and the time is going by fast. It's been a jam-packed few weeks, and I'm excited to share with you all of what God has been doing here in Narus, Machida, Tokyo, Japan. I've been staying at the Evergreen Chapel and teaching English to children in the Joy Club on the weekdays and occasionally going to events, some online, some in person, hosted by the Chi Alpha group. Below are a few pictures of me with the Chi Alpha leaders and Joy, leader of the Joy Club. After all these years, it seems surreal to see myself standing in front of Tokyo's Chi Alpha building. The children's program at Evergreen Church is thriving, and I'm happy to be a part of it. We offer English classes to children in the community. Very few come from Christian homes. In total, there are about 45 children from preschool to 8th grade who attend our classes. The kids here especially love a puppet friend of Jeb's that I brought along. um, Brought along more on that later. Before each class the kids take part in reading part of scripture um, and slowly going through many events in the bible over a year this week was toy store week pictured below over the course of the year the kids get fake money for doing assignments and they can spend it on toys on december 4th evergreen chapel is hosting a christmas party This is a party to celebrate the children's involvement with the church's English program. More importantly, the non-Christian parents are invited to attend with their children and subsequently hear the gospel and the story of the birth of Christ. This year, we have more parents than children attending. It will be a church sanctuary packed with non-Christians, so please pray for this church. Pray for a successful party and a powerful Christmas season. Each year around Christmas, the children and their parents are asked to make a decision for Christ while all heads are bowed. Please pray many choose to follow Jesus, and more importantly, pray that their choice for Jesus lasts longer than a single church service. The church has one more prayer request. The children's Bibles we use in Joy Club are amazing, but old and hard to read for some kids. The church has begun to fund raising to buy all new children's Bibles, in Japanese, pictured below, to give to children as Christmas gifts. Would you consider praying that their fundraising goal is met? Did you know that in Japan many churches have mausoleums um, behind the sanctuaries? This is because when a Japanese person becomes a Christian, it is common for their family to remove them from the family registry. Since burial plots in Japan are family-owned, this leaves Christians without anywhere to be buried. Thus, the ashes of the faithful are kept in God's house. I tell you this to show you how serious a choice for Christ is in Japan and the kind of consequence, consequences that come with it. This is the sort of thing running through the mind of a child when we tell them about Christ. However, Jesus said, anyone who comes to me must hate their father and mother, and this is why he said those powerful words. Please consider praying for Japan. Thank you again for the support, and look forward with me to what God has planned.
0: job for the kingdom of God. A couple other announcements as well. caroling today. Uh, the last thing that we want to do is take, take something into these facilities at Christmas time uh, and share that around the community. Not exactly the PR that we want for Jesus and his church, Uh, and so we will reschedule that at another time, uh, but there will not be any Christmas caroling today. Uh, There is no Wednesday night activities for the 21st and the 28th. That's this Wednesday and the following Wednesday. Uh, We'll be getting ready for our Christmas services this week. Uh, Saturday, December 24th at 4 p.m. will be our Christmas Eve service here. Uh, It'll be about 40 minutes in length. We'll have some LED candles for you to pick up when you come in. Uh, We're gonna have a great time uh, on Saturday evening, 4 p.m., and then Sunday morning, 10 a.m., we'll have Christmas service here as well. So we look forward to both of those amazing Christmas experiences. And if you're here and in town, and you've got family, bring them, please. We would love to share the Christmas holiday with them. Uh, there's also no Sunday morning grow groups uh, the 25th through January 8th, and we'll resume them on January 15th. Let's go ahead and pray this morning, and then we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of worship this morning. Uh, some Christmas songs. Is that all right to do that? Now listen, we're a small group this morning, all right? So I need your Pentecostal enthusiasm to shine out, all right? Because we're not a dead church, we're a living church, amen? Amen. I I said we're a living church, amen? Amen. God has great things in store for us and for you and your families this holiday season. And in a few moments, we're going to share the word of God, and I believe that God's going to speak to you, and maybe there's some heart surgery he's going to do inside of your heart. Because Jesus wants something better for you. I don't know about you, but I want everything Jesus has for me. And I want everything Jesus has for you this morning. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, in the midst of difficult times and making difficult decisions, you still are seated on a throne. Lord, we lift up those this morning who have fallen ill to influenza and COVID and other things. Lord, we pray for those who are in the hospital this morning that, God, your spirit would fall upon them in power and you would restore them completely. Lord, we pray for those who are at home and maybe even some watching online today, that, God, you would encourage them, that you would lift their spirits, that you would give them the strength to keep moving forward. Lord, we pray this morning for Nick. And, Lord, we thank you that he is doing an amazing work. You're stretching him in incredible ways, but, Lord, you are also giving him tremendous favor. Lord, we pray this morning, though we are few here, that, God, our spirits may be lifted towards the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We came to worship you. We came to hear your word and respond. Lord, we thank you that, God, you are here in this place. Please accept our worship this morning, God. With all of our hearts, we want to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Let's worship together this morning.
1: Well, if you want to grab a hymn book in the back, you can because they're all in the hymn book today. You don't have to if you don't want to, but we're going to sing some Christmas songs and worship the Lord as we do. And we're going to start with the song, Joy to the World.
2: Joy to
1: Continue on and sing Angels from the Realms of Glory, just verses 1, 3, and 5. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King. just one more together what child is this we'll sing all three verses.
0: thank you that, Lord, at this Christmas season, with all the distractions, all the different things happening, Lord, we need to remember to be grateful that this Christmas season, we're not a nation at war or having to have air sirens go off in the middle of the night. As difficult as our situations may be, we are truly blessed Lord as we go into this Christmas week may we remember that you are the highlight of our life you're the center you are what everything revolves around it's not the productions or the performances Lord it's just you the greatest gift to mankind you came and you purchased us at a price gave your life a ransom for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, and Lord, we have nothing to give in return except our worship. And Lord, it is our privilege and honor to worship you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. Great to have Luke Hatfield with us today. He must have heard we were down. He's like, I'll come and bolster this. Should have had you play the drums this morning, Luke. Uh, It's great to have have you here this morning. I'm excited to preach the word. We're not going to dismiss our kids because we have no children's team today. Uh, So we're going to keep you guys up here and we're going to change the message a little bit on the fly, but uh, I believe God's going to do exactly what he wants to do. Amen. You may have noticed this morning we've got a plank in front of us. Uh, Nothing says Christmas like walking the plank uh, for Christmas time. But this will all be made clear in just a few moments. We're going to be back in the book of Acts this Sunday. Uh, But before we get there, I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 7 and two verses that are narrow gate for what? Enter through it, find it. I want to talk to you this morning about the road that God has for you as a follower of christ the road that he has for you now the road is narrow but even on a narrow road there are shoulders and curves. hopefully the shoulders and curbs come before the ditch how many of you have ever put your vehicle in the ditch all right and then we'll have an altar call for all the people that don't want to tell the truth that's fine Sometimes it happens, especially this time of year. I remember once I was, I was leaving our church in Omaha, and you had to go down a very steep hill, far steeper than here. And uh, we got to the end of the road. It was all icy, and the pickup truck went whoop right off into the snow. That's all she wrote. I was in the ditch. There was no getting it out. Had to have some help to get it out. I want to tell you that even though sometimes we find ourselves in the ditch, that there is help to get us out of there. That's just not true in our physical life. It's true in our spiritual life. Jesus comes to pull us out of the ditch from time to time. Sometimes it's difficult to stay on the road. There's distractions and there's things that happen. I used to uh, help teach an ATV safety class in the state of Texas. The number one rule when you were driving any type of ATV vehicle was, you will go where you look. One particular day, I remember after the class, we were driving around, me and my dad, on ATVs, and there was this large hill that we were going to climb, and I had never really taken a hill like that before, but along the side of the hill was the washout, and it was definitely wide enough that the tire would get stuck in it, and so as we built up our speed to go up this hill, of course, you know what I focused on. It wasn't the top of the hill. It was on the washout, and guess where I put that four-wheeler? In the washout <laughs> and flip that thing right over, right? Um, because that's where my vision and focus was. And sometimes we can get so distracted by things that are on the side of the road. Like if you're driving through Ripon, there's a giant turkey that happens to be around once in a while. It's a little distracting. Yesterday I had to chase him with the shovel uh, to help uh, one of the taxi cab drivers be able to get out. Um, but I got a picture here of, of some distractions as well, or at least one distraction. So. This is a road with a sign that says, Bicycle Path, apparently is in the creek. Um, Listen, that's not what we want, (laughs) right? But can I tell you something? That there is an enemy who comes into your life and he tries so hard to distract you. To get you off rhythm would be another way to put it. Our lives are built on a rhythm with God. There's supposed to be a beat, a cadence that goes along with it. And the devil comes in and he does everything he can to disrupt that rhythm. He does everything he can to get you off the path that he he has for you. There's a center to be found in following Jesus. And this morning, while we didn't have enough resources to put in a road, uh, I've got this plank, and I believe the road is probably a little bit wider than this plank this morning. We find ourselves on a road, but there are all sorts of things to the right and the left that would cause us to fall away from the king would cause us to lose our vision and get stuck. Over here to our left-hand side, we have what we'll call the sin that we normally think of and refer to as sin. These are the things from our past. And sometimes our past pulls us, tries to pull us off the road. The mistakes that we've made, who we were before we accepted Christ, our mistakes that we make, and, and, and the devil tries to pull us back, and sometimes we just, we just fall off. The devil doesn't even have to pull. We just fall off and go back to old ways of thinking. These are, these are addictions, and these are, are the issues in our life that, that plague us so much and are so hurtful. They're destructive habits and obsessions. All the sin that comes to destroy our life that Jesus came to set you free from. are in the church. Big sin. Lies. We've got pulling on the left. That's what's on the on the, the left ditch. But over on the right ditch is something that's just as harmful. And on the right is religion. This is once people sometimes come to Christ, they start off on the plank, but all of a sudden they start veering off over here to the right into religion. And it becomes this this incredible thing that we think we're living for God when really we've left Jesus behind. To the right, to the path of religion, is the path of self-righteousness, pharisaical attitudes, hypocrisy, a sanctimonious spirit. It becomes all about rules. Don't get me wrong, Jesus has boundaries. All right, there's rumble strips on the road for a reason. (laughs) All right, he's trying to keep you in the boundaries, but when we make it all about rules and no relationship, we we don't know Christ. And so you've got sin, and over here you've got religion. And look, when you look back at the Christmas story, really that's what had happened. There was a between the Old and New Testament, there are 400 years. We call it the silent years. There's other names that they use, but the silent years, where it from all extents and purposes. There were no new messages from the Lord. I still believe God was working in incredible ways, and we could make a whole message out of that, the, the, the missing time between the New and the Old Testament. For 400 years, it was dark. But one of the negative things that came out of that was the religious uh, building uh, of this religious attitude that formed And when Jesus was born, he was born into a time where the religion that said, hey, we're here to make things right with God, was actually pushing people further away from God. And that's what religion does. Just this morning, I was talking to somebody uh, here in town. I won't share their name, but uh, they're looking for a church home. Because they fell into the religious cycle. There was no life left. They're like, we need something real and living. I did invite them to church this morning, by the way. (laughs) And so we've got this, we've got this this path that God has for us. But church, we've got to be careful that we stay on the road. The road that we're meant to be living on. This morning I want to talk about uh, when the church gets real. When the church gets real. Let me ask a question this morning. Do you want the church to grow? Now I'm going to ask your spirit that question. Do you really want the church to grow? Good answer. (laughs) Hopefully we do. But I think there's a wrestling in a lot of our churches. Because we sometimes have a mindset of what we think the church will look like. We've got a mindset sometimes of what we think Jesus looks like. We say, oh, we want people to look like Jesus. And look, by all means, we want that. We want people to look like Jesus. That's, that is true. But sometimes what we view as what Jesus looks like is not really a biblical accurate depiction of what Jesus looked like. Because Jesus was a rebel. Jesus was a little scruffy from time to time. Jesus was... Dirty from the road of ministry and doing life. And he rubbed shoulders with people that the religious didn't like. He was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. Isn't that crazy? Tax collectors were considered worse than sinners. Not in my church. But the road that Jesus has, or with arms wide open, and the church was, or in the book of Acts, it was, it was growing. We, we just looked in Acts chapter 2 just a few weeks ago. All of a sudden there was a huge thing. But we'll see through sin issues. And at times we see they were falling into religion. And we'll see time and time again where people go, well, no, they can't be part of the church. They, they can't be part of what God's doing because of who they are, because of where they came from. And religious attitudes set in and, The Holy Spirit would have to make those things right. We'll see that as we go through uh, the several decades here that Acts covers. I believe that we do want to see the church grow, but if we're going to see the church grow, we've got to get real. We've got to get real. Let's look at our main scripture this morning, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It says this, "...they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer." Somebody is freaking out this morning because they're like, Pastor's going to tell us we have to sell everything that we own. You're missing the point to what this scripture is talking about. Let's focus just on that main verse, for, or that first verse, for just a moment. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If we're going to get real, first thing we've got to realize is we've got to get real with God. This influx of new believers, this incredible thing that was happening, they said, all right, we got to get real with God. Because the scripture says they devoted themselves to learning. They devoted themselves to the teachings. They got serious with God. God's word is like a can of paint. Its powers in its application. If you've been in our church for any period of time, you've probably heard me say that before. But if you're new, it's a great illustration, so I want to share it with you. When you go to Ace Hardware and you buy a gallon of paint, the paint is built with purpose. What is the purpose of the paint? The paint thinks, okay, we're good. We're We're moving forward. People are like, is this a trick question? I'm like, I don't know. What do we do with paint? All right, the, the purpose of the paint is not to stay in the can. The purpose of the paint is to go on the walls. What happens when paint goes on the wall? Looks new. Clean. It changes. All right, we're going places now. That's the purpose of the paint. That is the same purpose of the word of God. It is not meant to just sit in a book. It's just not meant to be read, and and it's just not read to be listened to. It's meant to be applied. God's word is transformational when it's applied to our life. But far too many people who call themselves followers of Jesus have stored up an immense amount of paint that's still in the can. They can quote it, they can say it. The problem is, is they're not living in it. And that does know you no good. And all that leads to is religion. But when you take the word of God and you let it get into your life and you let it transform who you are, that's when you're on the road the road that Christ has for you. It's transformational. It changes your life. It brightens up the hallway. Good, fundamental, biblical teaching is crucial for healthy, functional Christian life, both for individuals and for the church as a whole. Understanding correctly what the Bible is saying is critical. It's crucial. It's vital. We call that good doctrine. But can I tell you, there is a lot of bad doctrine out there. Okay? I'm going to just speak as your pastor for a minute. Stop watching people on YouTube that you don't know talk. And I'm just going to tell you, and I'm going to, I'm going to offend some people here, and I'm sorry if you're offended by this. I have a problem with, with religious TV. And I know, I know, I know, I'm going here. I sat down one day and watched a bunch of preachers preach. And here was the thing. Three different programs, three different preachers, all contradicted what the other one was teaching. If all you do is sit and put all that in your mind and you never apply any of this, no wonder it's all messed up. You don't know what to think or where to go. We got to get back to the word of God. And there are good, sound, biblical teachers out there All right, And I'm not being critical of one particular person on TV or any of that. But I want you to have sound doctrine. And listen, I don't want you to be this deep on everything. We don't have to know it all. But I want some deepening in your spiritual growth. I'll take a year of everybody growing in just a few things deeper than everybody growing thin on everything. Because if we all do that, we can come together. We can be the church if we're all trying to go deeper with Christ. Amen? Amen. Man, and I'm not saying that you can't watch religious TV. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying be aware of what you're putting into your, into your system. So if you want to have sound doctrine, we've got to have some right tools to help you out. So I want to promo some tools available to you this morning. First thing is the Bible. If you don't have one of these, we want to put it in your hand. And if you're a digital person and and you like digital, I will help you find some great apps for your phone to help you with that. All right? But we've got Bibles available. You don't have a Bible? We've got a New Believer's Bible. I don't want a New Believer's Bible. Listen, forget about what it says, New Believer. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need a Bible. And I want to get you a Bible you can understand. We'll give this to you free. All right? The apps that we can get you are all free. So there's no reason you can't get the Word itself into your system. But I realize that sometimes the Word can be difficult to process. Like, what does this actually mean? All that kind of stuff. We've got a great book. It's called The Purple Book. We've got it available in English and Spanish. And it is basically one of the coolest Bible study books I've ever used because it makes you get into the Word of God and it tells you what these specific things mean. It's great. We have a class that actually teaches from this every single Sunday or most Sundays. Robbie teaches that class. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, this, free. Anybody who wants it, you can have it. Available in English and Spanish. I've only got a few English copies left. There are, there's more on the way, but if you want them, we'll, we'll give them to you, and let me know if you didn't get one today. We'll make sure that you can get one. So we've got the purple book. We've got Right Now Media, and if you've never heard of Right Now Media, we've got a video to show you what that's all about.
3: As a church leader, your time and resources are limited. It's difficult to find discipleship and Bible study materials that are affordable, easily accessible, and high quality. But there is a way to equip the people in your church every day of the week without losing sleep. Welcome to Right Now Media, the world's largest library of video-driven Bible study resources used by more than 20,000 churches, schools, and organizations With a right now media subscription, everyone in your church can access thousands of biblical resources for kids, couples, small groups, and more. Give your members access to great content anytime, anywhere, on any device. And God specifically says, the way you think, that's not the same way I think. Equip and inspire everyone in your church beyond Sunday.
0: with you, I like to be able to promo a lot of materials before I put them in people's hands. I have not watched all 25,000 pieces of content from Right Now Media. Okay, if I did that nonstop, I would die before I <laughs> spent years piece of content but for a, every person here, every person watching online. We've got a card in our foyer to tell you exactly how to a- access this. You can watch it on your smart TV, your tablet, your computer, your phone. All available for you, all free. Um, and if you're watching, you can go to our website. We've got a link right there. You follow the link. You set up your own account. It's linked to the church. You never have to pay anything for it, and a lot of you are already using it. It's a great, great material. Let's get in sound doctrine in there. We also provide grow groups here at church, and while we're taking our winter break over the next few weeks, and just a few weeks on Sunday the 15th, we've got on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. grow groups available for every age group. Every age group. There's something there to build relationships and to help you understand the Word of God better. And then on Wednesday nights, we're starting a brand new series called Traveling Light, uh, which we're going to use some videos from Right Now Media. So if you are working on Wednesdays, can't be there, that's going to be available for you. We'll put up the link. uh, and You've got your Right Now Media account. You click on it, and it goes right to it, what we're teaching for that week. And so it's going to be a great series where we talk about how do we begin to travel light, how do we begin to take off some of this, this weight that we're walking with and to live the life that God's calling us to. So let's get real with God. Let's let's learn. Let's learn. And not just learn. It's not about the amount, folks. It's about the quality of what you learn. I've met people who say, oh, man, I, I read several chapters a day from the Bible, and that's great. But are you processing any of that? Are you living with it? I'd rather you have devotional and go, man, I read three scriptures, and I am chewing on it like crazy today, than reading a whole bunch of chapters and not applying any of it. Let's make it quality, and let's see what God can do in your life. Let's get real with God and real with his word. Point number two, getting real with others. These pick up a little bit more now. We see in this passage of Scripture in Acts that they devoted themselves to fellowship. Well, what does that mean? What is fellowship? Fellowship. Look, they did spiritual and non-spiritual stuff together. And I think sometimes as a church, we feel like there's this pressure that every time that we get together and connect, we got, it's got to be super spiritual. we got to have a Bible study at every single thing that we go to. And I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to. And ministry can still happen. And listen, I'm not somebody's going to take this and go, pastors against Bible studies. That is not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think it's great. I want you to be a part of a Bible study. We've got a ladies' Bible study that's fantastic. You can be a part of that. We've got other different Bible studies that you might be a part of. I don't think you have to go to a Bible study, you know, seven days a week. And I don't think you have to have a Bible study every time that you fellowship. Let me just talk a little bit about what this looks like when we fellowship with each other. Back when I was Chi Alpha director at SDSU, we had a young guy, uh, and he bought a vehicle. We called it, lovingly called it, the duck truck. And here's a picture of the duck truck. And the reason it's called the duck truck is because there is a duck mounted to the roof of the truck. And the duck truck, now a, that's Adam there, that's his truck, along with uh, at least one other individual from our Chi Alpha group. They bought this truck to be a blessing. And these two guys, I love, I love their attitude. Adam was a wheeler and dealer, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, His last year at Chi Alpha with us at SDSU, he almost had to get a dealership license because he was continually buying vehicles, fixing them up, selling them, giving money to missions. I mean, it was an incredible ministry. But this guy and another guy owned a boat, and they were really blessed. But I love what these guys said. They said, you know what? We don't own this. It's leased to us by God. This is all for ministry. And you know what happened? It was incredible. They, 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 would, have, they would get together with people on these boats, and, and God would begin to do great things. Ministry happened. There wasn't a Bible study or anything like that. They were just doing life and sharing. They, just, they bought these cars out of the snowbank. No charge, no nothing, just be a blessing. Doing life. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. People in the Old Testament, or in the Old Testament, but back when Acts was launched, when it talks about they were doing life together, you know what? Yes, they went to church, and yes, they got together and they did Bible studies, but they also went out to dinner together. That's what the Scripture tells us. They hung out. There was an attitude that, look, we can go to the game. We can go shopping. We can go catch a show. We can do life together. And when we start doing life together, you start caring about the people that you do life with. And listen, we've got to find common interests. And while you're not going to have common interests with everybody that attends Hillside Assembly or everybody that's a follower of Christ, find some people that you do. But when you do, don't ridicule people that don't follow your interests. And this is where churches make mistakes. Where all of a sudden they go, well, they're into that, and I'm obviously more spiritual than they are because this is what I do. Stop it. Stop it. You're not the Holy Spirit, all right? So stop trying to be him. Let's do life together. Look, I I have a few things that I do. I regularly play disc golf with a group of people from here at church. And can I tell you, it's been some of the best ministry we've ever had. I don't go out there with a sermon. I don't go out there with anything, with any preconceived idea. I go out there to play disc golf with these guys, and we begin to share life with each other. There's an individual that I try to go fishing with two to three times a year, and can I tell you something? Some of the greatest ministry I've had has been on the boat. I got a, a group from, from a couple of people here from this church and from other churches, and, and any time there's a science fiction movie out, we usually go see it. Marvel movie or Star Wars, we all get together. And it has nothing to do with spiritual life. But you know what ends up happening? We get done with the movie, and then we start talking about life. And you know what happens? Ministry. Wow, imagine that. It doesn't always have to be super spiritual for Jesus to show up and do things, because when Jesus is the center of your life, he goes with you where you go. And ministry begins to happen. So let's get real with each other. And let's not not demean people that aren't into the same things that we're into. Find some people with some common interests. Build some relationships. Do life together, and it's good. Final point today. Enjoying life. Enjoying life. The road that Christ has for you, when we walk the road, when we stay within the boundaries that he has for us, I'm going to tell you, it's an enjoyable experience. But why is it that so much of the world goes, well, if they go to church, it's got to be unhappy. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, you're going to be unhappy. Are you kidding me? It's incredible. What's the first miracle Jesus did? The first miracle was keeping the party going. Come on. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that's messing with some of you this morning, but that's truth. The first miracle was keeping the party going. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Following Jesus isn't about, well, no fun and no joy. The church was having an incredible amount of joy. And what's it say when all this was happening? They got real with God. They got real with each other. They they begin to enjoy life. And what does it say? And their numbers were added to daily because they got real. They got real. Robbie, if you come back to the piano. Church, this morning, we need to be real people. And we need to be a real church. Can I tell you, I love what God is doing through our church. Do you know what's so fun for me to walk down Watson Street now? Because I start walking down Watson Street, and, and I'm connected to a couple things that are happening here in town. And people will recognize me. I have no idea who they are. I was out at Culver's with a couple people from church last week. We're sitting, we're we're having a conversation. This guy comes over to our table, and it just sort of seems like he knew me and Joe Wiggers, and we're having this in-depth conversation, and and he's talking, that? and I go, I have no idea. Church or the places, Boston Street sometimes, and people will come out to their store, or I walk in their store, and they'll say, Pastor, and how's it going? I have no idea who they are, so I'll try to kick up a conversation, not embarrass myself too bad, you know because you never want to walk up and go, I don't know who you are. (laughs) You know, you don't want to say that. But it's it's awesome to me to hear people in our community talk about our church. People are still talking about when we went down and served uh, at this last event that happened this fall with the car show. Man, thank you so much for coming and serving. A couple of our ladies were talking to the owner of Christina's, and I was texting back and forth with her. A week ago, two weeks ago. I loved having your church come and do our window. We want you to come do it next week, or next year. You guys are awesome. We want to, we want to continue to work with you. Church, that's, that's being real. And God's calling us to be real. I want to do this this morning. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray over you. I wouldn't not try not to fall off my plank. Maybe through this message this morning, there's some things you realize. For some watching online or here in the building today, you realize that you're making some choices and some decisions and you're going to the left of the road God has for you. and You're making some sinful decisions. Making some sinful choices. Things that you know, you know God doesn't want you to do that but you're justifying it for whatever reason or you're ignoring it. And I'm just telling you, while you think you're still moving forward and while you think things are fine, eventually your life is going to end up in a ditch. It's not going to work out the way that you think it is because that's what the Word says. And there's some here this morning that maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and going, listen. Once we had this intimate relationship, and I was the center, and you were enjoying life, and you were following me, but you are slowly veering to the right, and you are becoming religious in your heart, and you're leaving me behind. You still call upon His name, but you are not following the road God has for you, and you can hear the rumble strips on your tires as as they're going by. Jesus is trying to tell you this morning: Listen, you got to let go of the religion and you gotta follow me. Love on me, let me love on you and love on people. And we'll be on this road together. The road may be narrow, but the road leads to something great. The last thing I want is when we find ourselves on the other side of eternity. To all of a sudden get there and go, I'm so shocked that so-and-so is at heaven. <laughs> but I think we will be. There'll be people that show up and be like, I never thought that they would be here. But you know the, the the harder part, I think? That'll be celebratory. The harder part is when we get to heaven and we go, where is so-and-so? They were at church every Sunday. They came to every Bible study. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They let him go to follow religion. I don't want that to be you. I want to be with you in heaven, church. I want to keep the main things the main thing. Loving God, loving others. Being real with God, real with each other, and enjoying life. got to tell you, if we didn't already have a mission statement, that might be it. (sighs) I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, there is a road that you've called us to walk as a church and as individuals to be real. To be real with you. Lord, I pray this morning if we have sin in our life that has dragged us to the ship, it is pulling us. I pray that we would have Lord, I pray for the men in this room that struggle with pornography this morning. And at one point, they thought they had control over it. But in all honesty, it is controlling their lives and their emotions, and it is messing up their marriages. Even if it's held in secret, it messes with our heart and our spirit. Lord, I pray that you would set men free today. And as those men are set free, there would be a new fire and passion for their spouse. Lord, I pray for the times where our tongues have spoken out of turn. And God, we have manipulated the truth. We've deceived. Lord, we need to be a people of true character and integrity. Lord, forgive us for the sin that we've had in our life and help us to stand up and to stand firm and to sever the ties of sin. And when we find ourselves making mistakes and sinning against you, that we would make things right. We would not run away, but we would run towards you. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, when we have stumbled off to the right, and it's been more important for us to look like a church than to be the church. Not right. That's not what you have for us. Lord, I want to give you our very best as an individual, but also as our church. But Lord, it's not about the facade. It's not about looking like the church. It's about being the church. Lord, I want your word to take a deeper root in us as a people. Lord, we want to be able to not fall into the trap of religion and go, well, this is what we do because we've always done it. This is what we do because... It's our perception of things. Your word needs to be guiding our feet. It is the word of God that allowed Peter to step out of the boat. When you said, come to me, when he walked out, he wasn't walking on the water. He was walking on your words. Lord, we want to walk on your word. And it will keep us on the path that we're meant to be on. As Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. But for me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. Keep us on the path this Christmas season and far beyond. And Lord, I pray for those who have lost the joy in life. Lord, may we spend time in the favor of your people. May we enjoy, because Lord, you want to keep the party going. God, what you've started, you will see to completion. Lord, we want to be a church and a people of joy, and we want to take that joy to our community. We want to rub shoulders and do life. We want to build authentic, real relationships. Lord, it's no longer about our agenda with a Jesus sticker on it. It's about your agenda, and you can come mess up our lives anytime you want because what you have for us is so much better. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Lord, before we leave this place, I know this morning's been a whirlwind. It's not been perfect. But Lord, I believe you've honored what we've done this morning as we've met together. But so many of our church family are so ill this morning. And we pray one more time. Would you breathe life into lungs? Lord, would you silence the upset stomachs? Would you break through the fevers? Would you restore our people to complete and total health? Would you move in your might? Would you move in your love and your compassion? Bold. Much greater than anywhere else but with the shepherds. And Lord, we have an opportunity to see people get saved. Lord, help us to be bold to invite people to come. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. A little different church service this morning, but I love you, church. Remember, nothing going on this Wednesday. If you're here, Man, come for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day service. We're going to have a great time. Enjoy time with family and friends if I don't get to see you before Christmas. And Pam and I and Riley have a Christmas card for you. It's out on the table. Uh, If you want to pick that up, please take that with you. Merry Christmas to you all. I love you so much. We'll see you guys next week.
4: Savior, raise! Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods rocks. is yes.